You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, Calvary. If I've never had the chance to meet you yet in person, my name is Michael, and I serve as one of the pastors on staff here this morning. Just as Amanda and, and uh, Amanda said, that we are glad that you are joining us this morning. We know that schedules can be hectic, and throughout Sunday mornings, things can come up, and all of those things in, in your Monday mo- or Sunday morning schedule, but you've taken time out of your Sunday morning to just gather with us, to worship with us. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online or any of the warming shelters, it is glad to be, I'm glad to be back on this platform with you. The last time I spoke was in July, just being fully transparent, a little nervous this morning, but it is an honor to be on this platform with you this morning. We are continuing our sermon series entitled Living in the Shadows, where we are looking at the life of John the Baptist and how his life points us and or leads us to Jesus. And the tagline of this sermon series is the shadow reveals the light. I love that statement, the shadow reveals the light. And over these last two weeks, Pastor Nick has spoken about or talked about John's supernatural start. If you weren't with us two weeks ago, this is John's supernatural start, just some overview of that. Luke 7, 28, as I tell you, among those born of woman, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And just like in the case of Jesus, his birth is meticulously recorded. That's Luke 1, 5 through 25. John was born of elderly parents who had never been able to conceive. That's Luke 1, 7. And lastly, his entrance into the world was marked by proclamation and intervention. That's Luke 1, 57 through 80. And last week, Nick opened up God's word and spoke about his abnormal approach You see, John lived a a rugged life in the mountainous area of Judea between the city of Jerusalem and the Dead Sea. He wore clothes made of camel's hair, which is the typical garb of a prophet of his day. His diet was a simple one. I would not call this a simple one, but it's locusts and wild honey. That is not my ideal diet. Mine is no-bake cookies. And lastly, John came proclaiming, repent of their sins and be baptized. You see, John the Baptist is one of, if not the most significant person in in the Gospels apart from Jesus. John is a very important figure in the Gospels. And today I have the honor and privilege of speaking through a different lens about John the Baptist and it's this, a clarity of calling, a clarity of calling. And this morning we will be in John's Gospel, which is the fourth book of the New Testament. The New Testament opens up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And what's unique about John's gospel is John actually gives us the reason he wrote his gospel. And that reason is found in John 20, verses 30 through 31. Should be up there as well. It says this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John's gospel also has been summed up like this, which ties so perfectly with this sermon series. John portrays Jesus as this unquenchable light shining through the darkness who offers the gift of life. And as we open God's word this morning and look at the passage, I encourage all of us, myself included, to keep those two truths in mind. The reason John's gospel was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And second, Jesus is the unquenchable, unquenchable light shining through the darkness, 
one who offers the gift of life. Would you stand with me this morning as we open God's word? And again, I'll be in the book of John, chapter one, verses 19 through 23. I read out of the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. If you have a different translation with you, whether it's hardback Bible this morning or in the Version Bible app, stick with that. I thoroughly enjoy the ESV. It connects with me and I can understand it pretty easily. But John 1, 19 through 23 says this. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And this is the verse I want to just stick with the remaining time this morning. He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to gather corporately, whether here in-house or watching online. God, we thank you that your presence is real this morning, that you are moving, that you are gonna speak to people. God, I pray as I am up on this platform, God, I pray that people see Jesus and not me. Holy Spirit, help me step out of the way so that people can see Jesus as we open your word. God, again, we thank you for this day. Be with us the remaining moments. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys can be seated this morning. How many of us, by a show of hands, would say that they are working in their career they had hoped to be working in? I'm talking about, if you had the ideal imagery of your career path, maybe it's middle school, high school, college, or post-college, how many would say that you're working in the career that you've wanted to work in? Only a handful of you guys. How many would say that you've actually changed entire careers in your life? My hand would be up on that one as well. You see, when I was growing up, I always had multiple career paths in mind when I was younger that I wanted to pursue. The very first one, as young as I can remember, this is a really silly, funny one, but I wanted to be a garbage man. I I always thought it was so intriguing and so cool to pick up other people's trash, but I, I, I digress. Second is I wanted to be a professional athlete, whether that was baseball or football. If you know anything about me now, I love to cook. I wanted to be a chef and open my own restaurant. I've just come to find out that owning your own restaurant takes time away from your family and things like that. So I didn't pursue that. Parallel to that, I wanted to open a cafe and a bakery. I I love coffee. If you know me as well, I love coffee. I also love just the atmosphere of coffee houses and pastries and just sitting there in a really relaxing environment. And lastly, (coughs) if I was going to kind of peg a, a common one. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and make as much money as possible. As a kid, I had so much potential to step into any career path I wanted to choose. All I would have to do is hone my skills in that particular area. For example, if I wanted to be a professional athlete, I would have to change my diet at a young age. I would have to change my routines at a young age, my workouts, who I worked out with, who I didn't work out with, my sleep schedule, all of those things I would have to change at a young age if I wanted to pursue professional sports. And if I wanted to pursue being a chef, I would enroll in the most prestigious culinary school in the world that I can find. I would travel the world 
tasting all the different cuisines and, and the food that the world has to offer. I would hone my skills in the kitchen, cooking every day and tweaking recipes and getting to understand the science behind food and lastly is honing my knife skills. But my career path after college looked very different from the careers I wanted to pursue when I was younger. It was August 12th of 2008 and I started at a job that I would work at for a total of 13 years. When I started working there, I started as a part-time associate, maybe working one day every two to three weeks. And throughout the next five years, I would learn and glean as much on-the-job training and wisdom as I could to eventually be being offered management at 23 years old. And in that five-year span, I would help set up multiple stores in the Pittsburgh region. I, I learned from multiple store managers, district managers, loss prevention managers, people from corporate, all about the business world and all about the corporate lifestyle. I would try to absorb all the on-the-job wisdom and training that I could to further my career in that particular workspace. I'm gonna tell you a person, I don't know if you're like this or not, but when I put my mind to something, I typically see that thing through. And this was one of those things that I saw through was checking this box of acquiring as much, as much money as I could and have a life that I never had growing up. And little did I know, I would stay at that same place of employment, like I said, for a total of 13 years, but lo and behold, not pursuing that corporate ladder. I would stay at the store level. Throughout those 13 years, I would gain some wisdom and gain some understanding around what we call career jobs, and it's this, that careers are most often pursued because of money and or position. That careers are most often pursued because of the money and or position. The money is a really good thing, don't get me wrong. I'm not up here saying that money is a bad thing. But typically it's money and or position. That's taking care of your family, that's paying bills, getting out of debt, nice house, nice cars, things that people love to purchase. But in late of 2018, Pastor Nick had asked me to meet with him and he said, I have an idea. And if you know anything about Pastor Nick, when he approaches you and he says, I have an idea, it's typically a really big, grand idea. And most often than not, we are told to say no. But this idea, I said yes to. I took the meeting with Pastor Nick, and I sat down in that meeting, and, and he proposed the idea for me to lead the Big Serve in 2018. If you're unfamiliar with the Big Serve, the Big Serve at Calvary Church is our way of mobilizing our church to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community around us. That is weeding, painting, cleaning, gardening throughout our community where it is an opportunity for us as the body of Christ to serve our community. He knew that I had a heart and a passion to pursue ministry in some capacity or to serve in the local church and he wanted to give me an opportunity to kind of flesh that out to see if this is really where God has called me to be. I ended up leading the big serve that year for our church and eventually interned with Pastor Nick for an entire year as our guest services coordinator for Calvary Unplugged. And during that internship, or out of that internship, I started to start the Pendel School of Ministry in 2019, and this past year I completed all three levels. During those couple years though of that internship or just figuring out where God has called me to be, I started to feel something shift in my pursuit. Up until this point in my life, I was pursuing a career but I didn't know it, God had shifting something in me to follow a calling. And maybe you've been there, or maybe you're here this morning in that same place. Maybe you've worked for years at a place of employment and you've been feeling less and less fulfilled and desire more out of that place of employment, out of your life, out of your life spiritually, whatever that looks like for you. You desire more 
Maybe you've had this tug at your heart to step out and make a change or maybe start something, but you're hesitant to do that. Or maybe you're here this morning and you think to yourself, I'm not called to be a pastor, I'm not called to be a ministry leader, I'm not called to work in vocational ministry, I'm not one of those people and those people are the ones that are called by God. I'm not called by God. In my seven years of being a Christian, I've come to understand and realize that in our Christian culture, the word calling gets thrown around so much and sometimes too flippantly and abusively towards others. And if you don't know your calling, you're maybe looked at as less spiritual or less in tune with God. Maybe that resonates with you this morning. Maybe some of the statements or questions that you've been asked are, how don't you know you're calling at 30 or 35 or 40 or 50 or 60 years old? Or how are you not walking in the call of God over your life at this particular season of your life? Can I be vulnerable with you this morning on this platform? February 6th of 2016, I was in my bedroom on my floor reading and praying. And that night, I gave my heart to the Lord. And something deep was resonating in my soul that morning. Not knowing it was God at the time, I heard this statement is to love me and to serve my people. Is to love me and to serve my people. See, I had no idea what that looked like for me, practically speaking. I was still working at a retail job and I had no idea how that actually practically played out. But not knowing that, that God had something greater in store for me years to come. So my response for those couple years as I was walking this Christian faith and getting to understand God and his word, my responses were very similar maybe to yours this morning is this. Well, what if I don't know what my calling is? Well, what if I'm struggling to understand my calling? What if I don't feel God has called me to anything? I wanna take a moment and share with you how I understand the word calling. If you pull out your cell phone or maybe you're at home, on your landline if those still even exist, but if you make a phone call to somebody and the other person picks up on the other line, no matter how long that phone call is, whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour, whether it's four or five hours, and that phone call, you have that person's attention and you have that person's ear. And just like as God is calling you, God has your attention and God has your ear for that particular moment, whether that moment is a week whether that moment is months, whether that moment is years or even decades. God always calls. It's just our turn to listen. And today as we look at John the Baptist, let's look at what God called him to. Again, let's look at the text this morning from John 1:19 through 23. And it says this again. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. In these four verses, or in this exchange of priests and Levites and John the Baptist, John the Baptist is being asked from the priests and Levites five questions around who he is. And let's look at those questions. Verse 19, the question is, who are you? Verse 21 is, what then are you, Elijah? Verse 21 again, it says, are you the prophet? Verse 22, who are you? 
In verse 22, it says, what do you say about yourself? You see, as John was being asked these questions, I want to take a moment and just listen to his responses. Again, I'm going to read the questions and read his responses. Just listen to his responses. Verse 19, who are you? His response was this. He confessed but did not deny, but confess, I am not the Christ. Verse 21, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Verse 21, are you the prophet? He answered, no. Verse 22, who are you? Verse 22 again, and lastly, what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. You see, more than 700 years before John made that statement, we can look back at the Old Testament to the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, chapter, Isaiah 40, verse three, and it says this. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You see, 700 years prior to John the Baptist saying those words that Isaiah penned those words, speaking of someone to come, and that someone to come was John the Baptist. You see, John knew he was called by God for a purpose, and John's purpose was this. He challenged the people to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, by turning away from sin and being baptized as a symbol of repentance. John recognized what his calling was because he knew who called him. John recognized what his calling was because he knew who called him. And I love how John answers the priests and the Levites in those five questions. As I was preparing for this, I actually never caught this before, but I caught this as preparing for this message. His answers in all five of those questions significantly get shorter and shorter. His first response is five words. His second response is three words. And his last response is one word. You see, if John was in this for a career of just preaching and baptizing instead of walking in his calling, I would argue that he would answer those questions vastly differently. Instead of, I am not the Christ, he could have said, I am the Christ. Instead of saying, I am not the prophet, he could have said, I am the prophet. Those answers that he gave could have been completely opposite if he was walking in this just as a career instead of a calling. You see, John was taking all the spotlight off of himself and pointing it to Jesus. I love this statement around those answers. It says this, those speak best for Christ that say the least about themselves. Reread that again. Those speak best for Christ that say the least about themselves. If John was simply in this for a career of teaching and preaching instead of walking in his calling, he never would have uttered the words found in John chapter three, verse 30. It says this, he must increase and I must decrease. You see, John was doing this not for a career, but for his calling. And my question to you today, and even to myself, as I've processed this message and as I've processed really my journey of being full-time at the church is this. Are you pursuing a career or following a calling? Are you pursuing a career or following a calling? You see, just like John, you too have a calling for your life. Not just a career path, but a calling. And careers are your platform. Calling is your purpose. Careers are your platform. Calling is your purpose. And you might not be called to be a pastor, a ministry leader, a doctor, a head of a nonprofit, but you are called by God for a purpose 
on purpose. And again, during my journey of figuring out God's calling for my life, I found three rhythms that would help me most often than not help me understand where and what God was calling me to. Again, just being transparent, that journey of figuring out working at a retail space for 13 years and now being full-time in the church was a very hard journey. It was a very hard journey of a lot of questions, a lot of doubts, a lot of nights where I would just pray and just ask God, God, is this where you were really calling me to? My background of this is just retail. For 13 years, I've never led anything in the church. I've never been a pastor, but I felt God was shifting my pursuit instead of a career to follow a calling. And those rhythms I wanted to touch on this morning and just give you some practical advice to figure out your calling or to be clear on your calling. And the three are this, that I tried to surround myself with wise counsel. I tried to surround myself with wise counsel. Number two is I've tried to pray and read, read God's word as much as I could during that season of figuring out my calling. And lastly, I tried to act on it. And if you're here this morning and, and maybe you're feeling like God has something more in store for me or God has something bigger or greater and I just can't put my finger on it, I can't understand it in this particular season, maybe God has called you to something and you're still trying to figure it out like I was for those couple years. I wanna encourage you with these three practical steps to help you figure out what God is calling you to because I believe God has a, a general call for your life, which I mean by that is just God is calling you back to himself. The general call of every believer is God is calling you back to himself. And I also believe that everybody has a specific call over your life, that you are created, that you are uniquely wired for something specific that nobody else can do. Maybe you're in banking, maybe you're in healthcare, maybe you're in hospitality, maybe you're in finance, whatever the case may be, that God has specifically wired and created you for something on purpose for a purpose. And the three practical steps this morning are, number one, is surround yourself with wise counsel. Proverbs 15, says this, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. You know, maybe that wise counsel is someone that's been in your exact same shoes that are maybe steps or maybe leaps or bounds ahead of you. Maybe that's someone you trust that, that you can approach with questions and maybe in that conversation, just asking questions and just listening, how they navigated that particular season of their life, what questions they asked, what questions they didn't ask, how they processed what God was speaking to them or what God was calling them to in that particular season. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's someone that you really value their, their wisdom. Maybe you value their, their input as a pastor. You know, we have five staff pastors here at Calvary. We would love to sit and talk with you I would love to sit and talk with you. I'd love to hear your story. I would love to help you along the journey. I'm not an expert by any means, but I've walked this of changing careers entirely. And I believe that I am now walking in God's calling over my life. And it's our heart and our passion here at Calvary is also to help you walk in what God has called you to do as well. Also, I believe that your community or your life group can also be a, a place of wise counsel. You know, we have life groups throughout the, the year, and that's also a really good place to get connected to, to hear wise counsel, to just bounce ideas off, to just filter things that what God is speaking to you, to just ask questions, to listen, to, to discern what they're speaking to you. I believe that that is one of the greatest and safest places that, that change 
and stepping into God's calling is for your life. For me, taking back a, a couple years, that was young adults for me. In about 2017, I was a part of young adults here at Calvary with Chad and Heather Singleton, which are no longer in the area. And at the time, there was only three or four of us in young adults, but we would meet every week or, or biweekly, and I would just bounce things off of them. They were a little bit older than I was. They were, for me, that wise counsel to just glean wisdom from, to just glean life experience from. They were also mature in their faith, that they were able to speak into things in my life that I didn't know I had or even was there. Number two is prayer in God's word. I encourage you to take time to pray about what you feel God has called you to do. Now that could be for every, every morning when you wake up. It can be at bedtime before you go to bed. But I encourage you to take time to, to pray about what God has called you to. That could be five minutes. That could be 15, 20, 30. It could be hours. It could be fasting in that particular season if God has called you to do something great or maybe makes you uncomfortable. But also in that same vein is reading God's word. One of the times that I felt most clear in this journey of figuring out my calling is when I would just immerse myself in God's word. And that's not to stand up here and say I read 50 chapters a day. But I encourage you to, if you are stuck, to do that. Read 10, 15, 20, 30 chapters a day. It could just be through the Proverbs. But I believe as you open God's word, God speaks. And also in those moments of God's word, also listen to what God is speaking to you. I've come to understand in this journey of following Jesus that God won't ask you to do anything that contradicts his word. My question that I processed in, in shifting from a career to a calling is does it align with scripture? Does it align with scripture? And lastly, my encouragement is to act on it, is to act on it. So my encouragement is, is to seek wise counsel, to glean life experience, to glean wisdom, to, to glean spiritual maturity from people that you are close to, that you've given access to speak into your life, that you've given access to maybe challenge you on some things, maybe that will sit and just listen, sit and pray with you, sit and just walk you through your journey. Number two is to, to pray and to read God's word. Take time out of your everyday routine to, to pray and to read God's word. It is so vital to the Christian faith. It is so vital to your walk with Jesus to pray and to read God's word. And I believe in those moments of prayer in God's word, he also speaks. And I encourage you to listen to his voice. And lastly is to act on it. The Nike slogan is just do it. One of the phrases that I heard as I was transitioning to be on staff here at Calvary I was encouraged by this. It really challenged uh, a lot of my presuppositions or just kind of framework around Christianity is, is as Christians, we typically see opportunities as red lights until God green lights it. Let's flip that and see every opportunity as a green light until God red lights it. My encouragement is if you've sought wise counsel, if you've really taken time to just glean from your wise counsel in your life, and if you've taken time to pray about it, to read God's word, to listen to him speak, Act on it. Simply act on it. And again, I believe that we were all called with a general calling and a specific calling, that we were all called, generally speaking, back to God, and we are called specifically to something specific in your life. And this is not in my notes. I'm going to do something. I'm going to ask for some grace, if that's cool.
If you are struggling this morning, maybe trying to figure out what God has, has called you to, or maybe you're still processing this idea of calling, maybe you're 20, maybe you're 30, 40, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for years, or maybe you've just come to know Christ this morning. If you have this tension in your heart or in your life, I'm gonna ask you to do something a little bit unique. If you have this tension of, of figuring out your career path or a calling it, and you feel that God has called you to something greater, can I have you stand? If you have this, this, this tension of, of you believe that God has called you to something that is, is maybe out of your bounds, maybe out of, you, out of your comfort zone, for me it was going from retail now to be a pastor. That's a very stark difference. That is a very different space to operate in. To being retail for 13 years, man, I can do that with my eyes closed. Being a pastor is difficult. But in that season of me figuring out in, in my life, I had to not pursue a career. I had to follow a calling. And again, if you have this, this, this tension, you've been wrestling with it for maybe weeks or, or months or maybe even years for that matter, that you feel God has called you to something greater because of the gifts that you have, because of the passions you have, because of the abilities and the influence and the circles you have, again, would you stand? I'm gonna do something unique. If you see somebody standing by you, if you feel comfortable, would you just lay hands on them? We're gonna pray for every single person that's standing this morning. That I believe God is gonna bring clarity this morning to, to, to people's lives. That this, this imagery that I love about clarity is, I read this, some of this is not my own. If you're uncertain about things in your life, this imagery that was given to me was looking out of a, a windshield that is frosted in the winter. And I believe God wants to defrost your windshield this morning and bring you clarity. We're gonna pray for God to bring clarity for those that are standing, even for those that are not standing. Maybe you're still wrestling with that this morning. I believe God's gonna bring some clarity to, to some people this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to, to gather, to open your word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit moving in this place. God, we thank you for your power. God, we thank you that today is a day of clarity for people. God, that they are walking through things that are uncertain in their life. God, that, you be, that they believe that you have called them to something greater, that they believe that you have called them to something that is beyond their means, that is beyond what they can do in their own natural space, or their own natural abilities. God, I'm asking this morning, God, that you bring clarity to those that are asking for clarity. God, I don't know how that clarity is gonna come. God, I just ask that you bring clarity into that season or that space. God, I pray that if there is passions, if there is dreams and hopes this morning, God, I just pray that you speak into that. God, you speak your life into that. God, you speak your truth into that. God, whether they are standing or, or they are seating or sitting this morning or watching online, God, I just pray that you start to speak to those, God, that are asking for clarity. 
God, that you are gonna move mountains and open doors this morning. God, that you are gonna move in such a mighty way in their life. God, not for their namesake, as John the Baptist says, God, that he must increase and I must decrease. God, I pray that they have a heart of purity as they pursue this calling over their life. God, that they have a heart of humbleness as John so beautifully spoke again, that he must increase and I must decrease, that Jesus must increase in your life and that they must decrease. God, this morning that I must decrease and you must increase. God, I pray, God, if this is to start something of a nonprofit or if if this is to start something in their community or in their place of, of business, God, I ask that you bring favor upon their workplace, upon their managers, God, upon the people that they have influence with, God, but they also have, have influence under. God, I pray that if this is something inside the church to, to be started, God, I just pray that you use it for your glory and for your kingdom. God, I pray that this is something that they are, 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 are felt led to or felt called to, God, in their neighborhood. God, I just pray that you open, practically speaking, doors of, of neighbors. God, that you open doors of people in their neighborhood, in their community. God, to make such an impact. God, that use their gifts. God, use their abilities. God, use their talents for your glory and for your kingdom. God, I pray that you are on display. God, as they figure this out, God, and I ask by your name, God, that you surround them with wise counsel. God, that you surround them with people that can pour and speak into their lives. God, that have walked this journey before. God, that you have surrounded them. God, that you will surround them, God, with with mature believers in Christ. God, that can challenge them on things that are difficult. God, challenge them on things maybe where they might be veering off the path. God, I just ask, God, that you surround them with wise counsel. God, that you give them a burden and a passion, God, to to be in your word. God, to to read scripture, to, to immerse themselves in your word and through prayer and through worship. God, to just saturate them them with your spirit and your presence. God, and lastly, I just ask for the courage and the boldness to take the step of faith to say yes. Not to pursue a career out of this, God, but to follow a calling. That you have put a calling over their lives. God, that you have marked them for your glory, for your purpose, for your kingdom. God, and I pray, again, as, as people have stood or maybe they are still sitting. God, I just ask that you start to stir things in people's hearts. God, that you start to stir things in in people's hearts. God, that align their passions and their joys. God, that you have gifted them with. God, we thank you, God, that you are moving in this space, that today is not an accident, that that you have attended Calvary Church on a Sunday morning. God, that God is going to do something miraculous in your life. God, I just pray that you take a step of faith and a step of boldness and courage for the kingdom of God. That his gospel advances because of you saying yes to a calling and not following a career. God, we thank you that you are able to do these things. God, that we lift these things up to you in this moment. God, that you are good and that you are faithful to do these things. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you are standing or praying, God, you guys can be seated. Just wanted to, 
encourage you guys again this morning. I'm a living testimony of, of pursuing a career and then God calling me to something drastically and starkly different. And I would never envision myself at 32 years old standing on a platform speaking and, and opening God's word with you, but it is an honor to do this. I believe that God, again, has a calling for each and every single one of you in this room or watching online. Again, generally speaking back to himself, but specifically. And again, I encourage you to seek wise counsel, to pray and to seek God's word and to listen to him speak to you in those moments. And then lastly, just act on it. I was nervous and overwhelmed to act on going through the interview process of being a pastor here on staff. But God had me every step of the way. And I believe God has you every step of the way. Would you pray with me as we close this morning? Heavenly Father, we again thank you so much for this opportunity to gather. God, we thank you so much for your power. God, we thank you so much for the call that you have over every single person's life here in this place, in the house, watching online, or even any of the shelters this morning. God, all the word call means is, that, is to have our attention, to have our ear for a moment. And again, that moment could be years, it could be decades, it could be months. God, I ask that you bring clarity into people's lives that feel called, that feel something greater in store for their lives. God, I pray as, as we leave this place this morning, God, that we are changed and transformed by your Holy Spirit, not by me, not by my words, not by me being up on the platform. God, only by you. I ask that you go with us, God, as we exit our campus this, this morning. And I ask throughout this week, throughout these coming weeks, God, that you give us opportunities to step into that calling. God, that you start to, to clarify some things in our lives that we are uncertain about, God, that maybe we are, we are hazy or, or foggy on. God, bring clarity in that space in our life. God, do remarkable things. God, that you are stirring something unique in this community of believers. God, help us partner with you. God, it's for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 